I was I started experiencing a lot of delirium or depersonalization it's called where basically my sense of reality and my in touch with reality got completely disconnected and nothing felt real hey everyone welcome to the show on behalf of disciple of city i'm todd carlton and this is the Toddcast. we are crossing the spectrum of everyday people encountering the truth of jesus and whether they're in full-time ministry or not whether they're middle-aged dealing with life or retired and cruising we want to cover it all my guest today is 19 and encountered jesus just over a year ago Let's hear the story of Jake Hanks. Wow. Hey, bro. The applause and everything. Big studio (laughs) audience here. Man. It's amazing what people do for free tickets, eh? So amazing. (laughs) Thank you for having me, though. Seriously. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Appreciate it, buddy. Spending some time with us here today. Just getting to enjoy the nice weather and, yeah, the day God prepared well, but now we got the pool open in the green room, so we'll mm-hmm. we'll have a little debrief thereafter. Oh yeah, in this hot day, it's crucial. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can lower that too if you get that a little bit closer. It'd be oh, great. It moves down a bit. Yeah, just just give her a crank, or just pull it closer to you a bit. There you go. How does that sound? Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's uh, in stereo. Jake Hanks in stereo. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. All right, buddy. So, man. Dude, we just like to start from the beginning and talk about how people grew up, whether they grew up in the church or not, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, as a child and stuff. So what was that like for you, man, as a child? Yeah, I uh, I grew up just right right in the church. My, my Both my parents are, you know, they were real big believers, and I uh, was thrown right into it. You know, I'd go to the Wednesday night, <laughs> the Wednesday night... Uh, youth groups right from little and I'd go to to church every Sunday. Um, My mom actually works in the children's ministry at a church down in Whippy. Um, And then my dad was just really a part of it too. But I, uh, do you want me just to talk about kind of how that was for me? And yeah, what was that like for you? Like, was your mom always in that capacity? Did she always work in children's ministry? Ever since from what I remember, she was always involved. Um, right in that. And, uh, yeah, I kind of was just thrown right in and I, you know, have everything going on, watch the veggie tales here and there. That was my favorite. And on Sundays, who doesn't like <laughs> Bob and, you know, Larry, all, right. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of just, um, as I got older, you know, and the idea of church to me morphed from, wow, this is, yeah, this is cool. This is what my family does to, like, like I didn't really have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, so it was just like being part of the kids ministry and doing all that kind of stuff. Did exactly. you do that right through into high school, like junior youth and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, probably up until just before going into high school. And then like, I'd still get dragged out to church the occasional Sunday, but my parents slowly started to ease off on forcing me to come. Cause I really, I don't know. I just started to like resist it and want nothing to do with it. And it was more, um, just a lack of understanding, but also I didn't do anything personally to really, um, 
really experience, you know, it was like over the years growing up, I, I kind of just, I would leave every Sunday excited to leave the building as opposed to leaving the Sunday morning being like, I received something from this. It was just kind of like, I'm counting down the minutes to get out of here, <laughs> you know, cause I just, and I went in with that attitude every single morning. So I almost, I almost prepared myself to be like, I'm not going to get anything out of this before I had even gotten out of bed before I had even gone. But it wasn't, it must not have been like that at first, right? Cause no, they, they do lots of good things and it's fun, make it fun for kids. So, mm-hmm. but it just became that way. Hey? It became that way. And I was really just missing the whole idea of, um, that I could know Jesus, you know? And I kind of, the more, you know, I, I made a few mistakes in my early early teen years, preteen years. And when it would get talked about at church, I'd always in my heart be like, Oh my goodness. Like I've messed up. I don't even, I probably shouldn't even be here. If people found out what I had done, like I, you know, I just felt like I kind of, when I first started falling into some sin, it was like, I felt separated now from the church. Even if I was to go to all the events, it was like, I, I was not worthy yet anymore to be around these people, you know, cause I was different, you know, I, we didn't really, I mean, from what I remember, I didn't really talk a lot about like what happens if you do mess up. It was always like, just, this is not what you do. This is what you don't do. You know? Yeah. That's how you, that's how you kind of received it, mm-hmm. which is interesting, right? Cause we know that that's so not the truth it's the complete opposite yeah yeah so so then what happened did you start to sort of drift away or did you like what 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 was the next steps for you in that yeah it was pretty much um up until like like i was playing a lot of sports too growing up in my early years here let me just adjust this real quick that's perfect. Um, and yeah, so I was really involved in that. And the more I was involved in sports, you know, that was p- one of the reasons too, why I didn't, it gave me an excuse. I, w- I would get out of church because I'd be traveling for like, baseball and, you know, my time was always filled. Um, but I was still, I w- would have called myself a, a Christian. Even, <laughs> even when I strayed away, there would be times where We'll get into that in a bit, but I would have, I would have always called myself a Christian, but I just didn't know what it meant to, to be a follower of Jesus. Um, but basically just completely like got away from the church, didn't want anything to do with it. And right around the time when I quit sports, I had a lot of free time on my hands. And instead of filling it with good things, I kind of just sought after everything that people told you not to do (laughs) like growing up everything that people in school or like parents were like yeah this is what you don't do you stay away from drugs these things will mess up your life I kind of just had this curiosity is like what if what what are these people really telling me not to do like what is it they're keeping me from and uh, so I started getting into that I I started smoking weed and um You know, at first I honestly didn't, didn't like it at all, but it was like when I'd come out of the experience, I'd be like, I need that again. Even though during the experience I felt horrible, I was anxious, I was freaking out. And, um, 
the more I did it, the more I, I didn't even notice it, but I developed like a dependency on it. And, you know, <laughs> you start off oh, a couple times here. No, I'm fine. Oh, now it's more of like a, a weekly, a weekly thing. And oh, now it's more of every day and all oh, multiple times a day. And then, oh, but I'm good. And then, you know, before it's, when it's too late, you, you're addicted <laughs> and then that doesn't satisfy. And then you start getting into other stuff and hiding behind parents and, you know, the whole, the whole scene too, it gets you involved in. It's not just the drugs, but it's just the whole environment and who you're hanging around with and what what they're filling their time with, what they're doing too. It's uh, it's an interesting path, isn't it? Isn't it funny how that until people mention it, it's like if there's a a door into a closed room that nobody really notices the door until somebody says, "Hey, don't you should never ever go in there." And how that sort of right. spark it's weird how we're wired that way. Right. Well, how when you quit sports and you know stop and fill in your time with other things how was that relationship with your parents like especially say your mom because she was working in the church so obviously things would have been very real to her how did that did that affect your relationship with your parents and stuff like that or what was that like yeah definitely it was a lot of um going behind their back you know like i for for a while i put on this front of like oh yeah like I still believe in Jesus. I'm still cool with this, the church stuff you guys do. Um, but like come behind their back in, in the shadows, I was doing the complete opposite of what I was saying. Um, and they picked up on it pretty quickly. Like Jesus, definitely. There was some crazy, crazy instances where just like the, the intuition, I think that's the word, but like they just, it was like the Holy Spirit just came a lot to my mom too and my dad, but just would tell them things that I was doing and they'd come check in and then they'd find whatever, just drugs and other things. So I got in trouble a lot and <laughs> it was just like the, the trust between me and my parents and then like the, the whole unity of our family, it kind of got a little bit separated, not, not in a sense of like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, just our relationships kind of got tattered a bit because they just no longer could trust me because I was just being deceitful and going behind their back. Yeah. So, so then, uh, before I sort of circled you back, you talked about, um, just the crowd, like not only the scene, but what, what everybody else is doing and, and getting into. So how did that spiral out for you? It was like, you know, so uh, in, I was always a competitive person <laughs> and it's like in sports, you know, I wanted to be best in the gym class or best on the team and I'd work hard and try and, you know, achieve that. And it sounds silly, but like with drugs and like the bad stuff you get involved to, it was kind of the exact same thing. Oh, I want to do more drugs than you. I want to be that guy that people look at you and they're like, oh, this guy, he he's he's the real deal he's messed up you know like it was weird and like growing up too in the early ages of of school it was always like oh jake he's the good kid he he gets good grades in in school he you know he he never gets into trouble and so i think too i kind of developed like this mindset where i was like you know what i i can show people that 
I don't have to be this good kid that everybody's perceiving me at and I can be worse than you, you know? And, um, so it was almost like proving it to myself, but to others too. Yeah. Yeah. So when did things start to go real South? Um, I'd say probably the end of the end of the 12th grade and, um, for a year, a couple of years or a year and a bit afterwards. So it was like, yeah, 12th grade. I just started, you know, I kind of, it's weird. It's like this progressive, your conscience starts off really clear. And then without having Jesus and without going to him, all I was just doing was continually defiling my conscience and like just basically destroying my soul, <laughs> like my my inner being and who I was, like I was just, you know, we're, we're, we're temples of God. And I didn't know this at the time, but I was just letting whatever wanted the, the temple, the door to my temple was open 24 seven, you know, whoever you were, you could come in and out. I, I let so much just in. And I was really, I lost my sense of who I was in those, in those grades. And that when high school ended and I just kind of, yeah, I, I felt like I had very little value. Yeah. And I, um, you know, <laughs> dealing with things like anxiety and depression and that, that was throughout from the ninth, even from like the eighth grade all the way through high school. But I tried like therapy, um, went on medications, different medications, tried talking to someone all the time and you know, the doctors were just like, take this, take this. And I kind of just, none of it worked. <laughs> I just got really angry and um, just tried to basically do whatever I could. All my life was, um, was just searching for Jesus without seeing that Jesus is who I was searching for. Mm. Yeah. Searching just for who am I? Where do I find fulfillment? Where do I f- fill this empty void how do I just live every day comfortable knowing why I'm on this planet and yeah just living for for something you know (laughs) I had often tell my mom especially as I got deeper into the drugs I was like mom what's the point of of me because you know when she'd get mad at me for the things I was doing I was like mom you get mad at me at this but What's the point? What do you, why do you want me to work? Why do you want me to go to school if all I'm going to do one day is grow up and just die? What does it matter if I waste it away? Because everybody's going to lose everything they have one day eventually. And um, then I had an encounter with Jesus not too long after. <laughs> well, praise God for that, because that's a pretty deep thing to be thinking about as a teenager, bro. Yeah, I was I was always a deep thinker. And... Um, yeah. When I really look at it, it was, um, I, I always felt like in every little thing there had to be some sort of meaning towards it. You know what I mean? And every time someone did me the wrong way or, um, something, it, it was for the good things that happened in my life. I didn't actually see them as of really any value or I didn't really cherish it and be like, wow, that was, that was special. But for all the bad things I was looking at, there must be some underlying meaning why I'm 
experiencing this, you know? And, um, I kind (laughs) of, I was all over the place, man. I would, I would curse God in front of my parents, like say like, Oh, like if your God is so like, if your God is so whatever real and strong and powerful, then he can take me out of this world if he wants to, I don't care. But then I'd be on drugs. I'd be, I'd be drunk, stoned, hanging out with a bunch of buddies (laughs) and they would make a comment about God and I'd try and defend him, you know? And so it was like, just, it was just all over the place. And the, the older I got and the more I got into this stuff, it was like, I just, my mindset just started getting just torn apart and I kind of just lost my sense of everything, what anything was. So what about this encounter? Talk about this encounter. How did this, how did this happen or what was the moment of desperation or whatever it was that led to? Wow. Your encounter. (laughs) I love, I love sharing it because it just, whenever I talk about it or think about it, it just brings me back to that moment you know um but I kind of just got to the point man where I was like anything you know (laughs) I thought I wanted to do everything (laughs) I wanted to do everything my way and my way led me to the dirt and so I got to this point where I was like maybe someone else's way whatever like I I was just running out of options um I was I started experiencing a lot of delirium or depersonalization it's called where basically my sense of reality and my in touch with reality got completely disconnected and nothing felt real um and so all I was searching for was just yeah what's real and what's important and I reached out to um a buddy who wasn't my buddy at the time but this guy named Curtis and so I had actually met up with him a year, a year prior, year and a half prior, because my mom forced me to. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, she had seen his story and was like, Hey, it's kind of like what Jake's going through. Maybe you should talk to him. And so I talked to him and he basically shared his story and it's a pretty crazy story. I, you had him on, right? Oh yeah. 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 But, um, but I, in my like completely, like the the deception, you know how it says that the, the God of this age or the devil has blinded the minds of unbelievers, right? And I, I didn't even remember his story to any capacity. And it's like, it's a wild story. And I find that so bonkers that I didn't even hear that and be like, oh, that's cool. But it was because I was so focused on my own thing. Um, and so I, I met up with him again. And, um, basically just texted him was like, Hey man, I feel like my life's over. Um, my head is just so messed up. Can we, can we chat? And I was just going into the whole experience being like, I'm just going to talk to some dude who got out of drugs and he's going to tell me if I'm too far gone or if my brain's permanently messed. And I didn't know that I was going to meet the God of the universe that night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I went over to, to his, his parents' place actually. And along the whole drive there from the moment he picked me up, I hopped in the car. I just started like basically just spilling my life being like, man, I did this, this and that 
what's going on with me? Will I ever get out of it? And it was really cool because for the first time, um, I felt, I felt like someone actually understood what I was saying to them when I talk to a lot of people and tell them about my experiences and, you know, what's going on in my head, what I did here. A lot of them, they'd try and get, like, help, help me out and comfort me. Uh, and it's nothing about any of those people, but it was just like, he just understood and he had experienced a lot of the things that I had experienced. And, um, he was just like, man, you know, you've actually opened yourself up to evil and Jesus wants to set you free. And he's like, yeah, you have demons that have been oppressing you. Like, you know, some actually living inside of you and hearing this in my messed up loss of reality mind. I was like, this dude is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) This, I thought I was messed up and this dude's talking about this stuff. But I was, (laughs) I was so broken that I was like if there's any way like I need it and so I just literally dropped to the floor and just cried out to to Jesus and was like God if you're real if you're up there I'm sorry like I'm sorry that I squandered and wasted away this life that you've given me I don't even know where to go from here and I just started laying things out to him, like confessing things that I had done um, from like right back early on all the way up until a couple days prior. And I was just like, God, I just want, yeah, if you you can help me out and if you can get me out of all this, like basically I want to live for you. And yeah, and I, but in my, it was really cool because you know, I'm not, I don't really get emotional very often or, or I didn't at the time. Maybe I'm a little bit more of a emotional guy now, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I actually was, was crying and like, yeah, just, just weeping on the ground. And I didn't even recognize this at the time, but that was something that for me didn't happen for years, you know? And so it's like you said earlier, it's the, everything's the opposite. He changes your heart and you hid your emotions and now you become emotional. And they just all pour out. It's so cool. Yeah. And then basically all I remember is in that moment, I just, it was like he came into the room, you know, and then we started going through like deliverance. Curtis started commanding things to leave me and I was like scorpioned out on the couch, just demon after demon leaving me completely mind I I can't even think of a word just mind blown um what did that what did that feel like physically or even mentally for you because a lot of people don't understand that terminology or don't believe that it's true um but we've talked about it in other episodes uh, on this podcast um Last week, somebody got really deep into what that's like if you really go far the other way. But yeah. can you explain what that maybe felt like for you? Yeah, well, like, so I hadn't pretty much in for as long as I could have remembered at that point, I hadn't gone more than 30 seconds without having 
a messed up thought run through my head. I would often like say that I, I went from living my life to waking up trying to find things to fill, like to distract me from the torment that was going on in my mind. Just thoughts of like murder, violence, just horrible things, seeing things happen to people. Um, and for the first time, it was crazy because I actually, when I, when he was telling me all this stuff, yeah, man, I'm going to start praying and we're going to start commanding things to leave you. I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, man. Um, these things can't hurt me, can they? Like I started getting almost like scared and like, I felt like waves of anxiety. And I later found out that it wasn't like it was the, the anxiety that was coming was because these things that were living in me were scared that G- King Jesus was about to come and blast them all back to hell, you know? Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I, I was like, man, let, let, like, can I ask God to like, pr- like protect me? Cause he was telling me stories of like, Oh yeah, people sometimes like are going all over the place and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't want that. Please. Like, <laughs> and so thankfully like, God didn't even let me go through that either, you know, but it was so real where it was like, I just, the only way I can describe it is you feel demons leaving your body and my whole, my, from the tips of my toes to the top of my head, I was like shaking at times. I was, it was like this tingly weird feeling and I just felt things coming up out of my stomach, leaving my back, the top of my head, out my mouth, just and for the whole time my head was completely clear which hadn't happened in years and right in the middle of it this word came to my mind and um the word was damascus and of course jesus you know he knew god knew dude that's just about to give his life to me he's not going to go to the bible searching for what this word means he's gonna go home gonna go on his phone look on safari and say what is damascus <laughs> and the 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 uh, explanation it gave me on safari was um the road to damascus refers to a turning point in someone's life and then it went on to talk about um the story of saul when he was blinded on the road to damascus and he encountered god and his life completely changed and I'm sitting there already completely mind blown that I just went through this experience. I no longer am anxious. I'm no longer depressed. I see, I, it was like, it was like every misconception in my life, every thing that I saw wrongly was like tweaked back into the spot where I could see it clearly. And so I was already just in awe, not understanding what was going on in my life. Um, and then God spoke to me through that and I was like, oh my goodness. I knew you were real after that, but now you want to talk to me after everything I did after bashing you for years for running in the complete opposite direction, completely against everything that you told me was right. And what you had for my life, you not only set me free, but now you want to talk to me too. (laughs) And it was like, oh my goodness, I talk to God and I like go outside and I look up at the sky and I'm like, in that instant I felt, 
I felt so, so small in this big spinning planet, but so noticed. Mm. And it was like, yeah, just anything that, anything that was even lingering, just like ideas of like, oh my goodness, what am I supposed to do? You know, it was like, I'm just supposed to, to be your friend. Like, it was like there was, you know, I wanted to figure out my life plan. I wanted to um, get a job. I wanted to get a in relationship, get, have a family. And it was like everything was just slowing right down. And it was like all I really need in this life is to just know who you are. It was, anyways, so cool. Yeah. So what was, what was, did you go home? Did you tell your your mom, your parents about this experience? Did you soak in it? What, what was the next couple of days like after having this transformation? Well, right after, um, we just did the most, you know, crucial thing you have to do. And we went out and got burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Post encounter. Post encounter burgers. As I think they left that out of the story of Damascus, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they had A&Ws on, on the road to Damascus. They had something, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, another cool thing, too, was, like, even when we were going to pick up the burgers, like, like when I was, because I gave my life fully over, I was like, Curtis was like, hey, you want to get baptized? And I'm like, I didn't even really know what baptism was. I was like, well, is that for this guy that I just met? Like, is that, yeah, you're, you're basically declaring that his life, like your life is his and you're, you're, you're dying with him and you're rising with him. And had you been baptized as a kid? I had not. No, my parents left it up to me. They wanted me to make that decision on my own. And, um, yeah, so I fully gave my life over there, just got dunked. Yeah. And yeah. That day? Like, 30 seconds after finishing getting delivered maybe nice. a couple minutes so before the burgers before the burgers. okay good because we shouldn't really joke like that's baptism is way more important oh yeah than burgers 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. that's so good bro it was so awesome and then so you like, then yeah so then did you like did you go home did you tell your your parents and yeah you must have been so excited i walked in the door and i was like hey um I met Jesus tonight and they're like looking at me like, what the heck is this guy saying? And I'm like, yeah, like I, uh, I had demons come out of my body and I got free from all this stuff that's been tormenting me for years and years and years. And I feel like a little boy again. And my parents are just weeping and just like so happy, so thankful, like all the years of prayer and just like seeing what I was going through and having to live with that and um can I say something too if my parents ever watch this I just want you to guys know like I'm so thankful for you guys and I love you so so much and for every for never like giving up and just yeah just continually seeking after him until until I got saved um but yeah, I just basically shared it all with them. And it was like my, 
my mind was just like I I was free, you know, but like for the next little bit, like even when I'd go out and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell my friends like that. I'm going to go talk to like my drug dealer and tell them about Jesus. They're like, "Uh, Jake, you sure? Like, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, like I was just so, so far away from that removed and they were like still like <laughs> unsure but then they kind of understood like yeah Jesus actually did he actually is doesn't want any any part of that anymore how did they um like with the whole when you said like demons came out of you and stuff like that did they did you have a conversation with them about that or how did they process that cuz that's not really talked about a lot right to my knowledge anyways, in a lot of churches and stuff. So people, and I mean, people believe, but what did you guys even have a conversation about that? Or did they just sort of, were just so thankful that you had just come to faith and your life's getting all born again, that you didn't have a convo. Yeah. Like initially they were just so struck by what had just happened that that wasn't fully really in the question. Like they weren't like, yeah, but like, um, I definitely, I've had conversations, a lot of conversations and now they've experienced and they've seen that firsthand, like within the past year and a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So now what's life like for you now, Mr. Hanks? (laughs) (laughs) What is life like for me now? Um, like, I mean, I know, right. But share with people. Yeah. So basically, um, was hanging out with a a lot of the crew lives up here in Peterborough and in the Peterborough area. And, um, I kind of just, I started coming to church and, you know, heard that, you know, sharing Jesus with people. I mean, I didn't really hear it at first. I kind of just wanted to tell everybody like what had happened in my life because of how crazy it was. But then I found out, oh yeah, that's something that we're supposed to do too as believers and read verses like the Great Commission and was like, oh, so like I'm I'm, I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> and um, yeah, so started just going out on the streets and just in my day-to-day life, just basically connecting with everybody and trying to tell them like this is what happened in my life I know it sounds crazy but it's real Jesus is real and then it's it's so the opposite right like again with the opposite in the sense that because it was the same for me when I came to faith and just immediately want to tell everybody whereas you know before when when we're living lives for ourselves and we find something we just I mean, you do share things, but you kind of want stuff for yourself. Right. When you, right. When you find things. <laughs> yeah. But you just instinctively want to share. And what about um, your sister? For her, it was like shocking. There was a lot of um, time where she was like really like scared for my life. And, um, actually my relationship with my sisters is really funny but in the midst of all of it like I'd have full-blown arguments with my parents like be screaming back and forth with them being like I'm leaving the house I'm getting out of here and then I'd walk past my sister's room and be like hey Sydney how's your day going <laughs> <laughs> like I never really involved her in like the 
that I, I never had anger really towards her. And like, I feel like God protected me from that and protected her from that. But um, she would witness it. Oh, she would witness it. And she was just really like, it she, would stress her. Yeah. She was very impacted by it. And seeing that she was like, wow, like my big brother's has been changed. And so now we're, we're at, we have a good friendship and like for a long time we didn't really have much of a relationship because of the complete opposites. And now, yeah, no, I just get to be a good big brother to my sister. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and it's the best. It is the best. And I got to baptize my sister and one, I, I'll never forget the word she said, but when it actually happened, she was like, for a while I was really unsure, you know, like I was like, I always knew there was a God, but I, you know, just really didn't understand how important it was that I know him. And she's like, and then what, seeing what happened with Jake, I was like, I need to, I know there's a God and I need to give my life to him is what she said. Mm. And that was such a special moment being like, you know, I feel like feeling like she should have been, she should be the one baptizing me. But the fact that like God was able to redeem me and then use me to, you know, baptize my sister and then just use this whole experience to just draw our family closer to him and to just really open our eyes to how important relationship and how much more there is into following him than just going to church one day a week. Like it's your life. Yeah, yeah. totally. Dude, if, if you had the opportunity, well, and hopefully you do get this opportunity because I just, <clears throat> my, um, well, I almost feel like this could be part of your future. But anyway, if, if you had the opportunity right now to speak to a group of teenagers like younger teenagers who are growing up in christian homes and who are thrown into the mix like you said right with their parents and they're going to their youth groups and stuff but it's just they're just there because they're there and they're not really jiving with it if you had an opportunity to speak to them and what would you say hmm I feel like there'd be a lot I'd say, but if I had to narrow it down, um, you narrow it down. Cause you know, like, let's say you're leaving town yeah, and you got five or six of them in front of you yeah, and you recognize in them what you were feeling. Yeah. What I'd tell them is you have every day there's 24 hours. Some people are awake. 12, a little bit, maybe less than 12, maybe a little bit more than 12, but that's like the average. Um, and it's up to you every morning that you wake up, what you fill your day with and what you spend your time doing, what you say, and there's power and meaning in it all. And everything you do will dictate and change the trajectory of your life. Some things impact you in little ways. Some things can impact you in big ways. But what I'd tell them is the only place that you're going to find real life and 
and the life that you're supposed to experience in those 12 hours you're awake every single day, where you're going to get the most out of it is in Jesus. And I know it may not seem that way. I know maybe a bunch of the little decisions that you've made over the course of the past little bit in your life has influenced you to believe otherwise, but Jesus Jesus is there and he's knocking at the door and if you just give him your life he says seek me and you will find me if you seek with your whole heart what I never did was seek with my whole heart I would just always I just always do my own thing and so I just say like the most important thing you can do in in the time you're awake each and every single day is spend that time whether it's in prayer whether it's in reading the bible like whether you don't even know where to start just simply saying jesus i want to get to know you teach me to get to know you and just giving him that space and that time to allow him to come in and do that because it's the most important thing that you can do it in your whole entire life fire bro <laughs> thanks jake love you bro you too buddy thank you so much for having me on this this is amazing thanks for sharing your story my man no problem appreciate you appreciate you that's a powerful story friends all the different ages who am i this is jake's question this was his question who am i and do you know him he's real friends